Oh, Pam Powell. Hey, Chuck Koplinski, how's it going? I am tired. Why? All these movies I had to watch this week. What, 10? 10 movies is too oh, much for your little baby man. eyes? Well, and I didn't, you know, I didn't make it through 10. I didn't either. What'd we have? Did we have eight? Eight or nine. Eight I, or nine yeah, movies. There, yeah, I think there was one on there that I knew that you wouldn't like, so I didn't even request it for oh, you. Oh, good idea. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, we need to talk more about that because there's others you're requesting that I don't know why. I know. Well, sometimes <laughs> it's my visual impairment. Okay, Magoo, put I your know. glasses on when I you're know. reading those emails. I really need to because that one movie, what was the name of that one? Queen Queen Marie or Yeah, something? Queen Marie. I, yeah. I thought for sure it was Catherine Zeta-Jones. No. no. Put my glasses on, I'm like, that's not Catherine Zeta-Jones. And it, and it was not a very good movie. No, so nobody missed anything on that one. No. <laughs> yeah, here we are. We're back. Uh, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. And it is a big week a big week there's a couple of uh big hollywood films out right there are some really small films out that you're going to have to look for but uh one of them at least is very much worth the effort of finding uh there's a lot to cover a lot to cover this week right. and again i want you to remember uh we suffer so you don't have to. And we've done a fair amount of suffering this we, week. We have. We truly have. And we are going to discuss five different films mm -hmm. for this podcast. And there are at least three or four more that you could go to our website, realtalkwithchuckandpam.com, to find out more about those. Mm -hmm. um, and I others. Yeah, and I don't know if you've written full reviews or partial reviews, capsule reviews. I've done primarily capsules. Mm -hmm. So you can at least get a gist as to whether or not I like it, which is the right opinion, and then you go with that. Well, you know, and it's it's funny. When you, there are these many movies, I write what I feel the film deserves. I mean, if it wastes yes. my time, I'm not wasting too much time on it. Speaking of wasting time, those who wish... Somebody was dead, right? Those who wish me dead. Me dead, me dead. Those who wish me dead. As I'm writing up my capsule review, <sighs> I went to like two paragraphs and I'm like... Okay, I need to stop now because I didn't like the movie and I don't want to waste my time writing the review. There are two movies this week that I think every cliche you can think of <laughs> were used combined in both of these movies. Tell me and what they are. It just, well, it was this and Spiral. Right. I mean, and you know, I, I joke with you about writing my own script. Right. Uh, and I am two-thirds of the way done. Uh, and these are the types of movies that make me want to finish it because I know I can do better than these pieces of crap. Right. And we'll get to Spiral in a minute, uh, something I really want to say about that. But me those too. who wish me dead, it's not bad enough for you to hope that the title is about you, but it is a time waster, a, a complete and total time waster. I think the, the, the phrase I ended up using in my review was that everyone here is phoning it in. Oh, my God. Except the kid. And the kid was okay. The kid was pretty... Was the kid right. was the standout of the film. Well, okay, that's a pretty low bar. It is a terribly low bar. Terribly but yeah. but he was like, oh, he's adorable. He's cute. Mm. He actually looks scared. But, oh, they're... Yeah, I, I'm thinking of other kids we, we, that we're dealing with this week, though. And oh, he's, you know... You're right, you're yeah. right. I mean, he's okay. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead stars Angelina Jolie as a firefighter, which is something that Pam has had a really hard time I'm with. I'm holding up my pinkies. My pinkies well, Those are her arms, right? Her arms. Her upper arms, no less. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are you hating? You know what? No. I... I struggle with casting someone who doesn't have the physical prowess to 
take on a role like that to make it believable. And I know movies, you're supposed to suspend your belief. And I understand that. And that's okay. But, if there but are... then you've gotta you've gotta bring me into that character and she never did. Well and I think what you're pointing out too is that if there are physical demands to the role, you better have someone who can feasibly yeah. pull this off. Right. Uh, she's not required really to do much here, thankfully. Well, no, she's not. But you know um, in the actual role of being a firefighter, and not just any kind of firefighter. We're talking about a firefighter in forests. Okay. Well, see, you're thinking too much. Oh, God. You're oh, thinking, I'm sorry. You're thinking, not more, think. you're thinking more than the screenwriter did. Taylor <laughs> Sheridan. And this guy, this guy's a guy we both like. He did Hell love. or High Water. Yes. Oh, we're gonna, I, I, no, I love. I'm tempering my love. He's very handsome. Of oh, okay, well, okay, well then that's, that's a completely different thing. It is. Uh, he did Hell or High Water, which I loved. That was yes. my favorite movie that year. Yeah. Uh, he's done Yellowstone, the Kevin Costner series. He did the Sicario uh, films, the scripts. And he, he did the script for Without Remorse, which I hated. And right. this script... It could have been done by anyone. Yeah, it, you know what was, this movie is, and I know you don't remember this hmm. movie. Uh, Stallone made a film many years ago called Cliffhanger. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. Right, right. I mean, down, down to the plot beats and the things that happen. It's the same movie. Instead of in the mountains, we're in a forest fire this time. And just the, the, the hokey stuff that has to occur in order for her to take this young man under her wing. She's damaged. She's responsible for some deaths. She can't get over it. She's haunted. She's by herself. And lo and behold, she stumbles upon this teenage kid uh, in the forest one day. Uh, and he is on the run. And the kid's name is Connor, played by Finn Little. Seems as though his dad is a forensic accountant. And dad has stumbled upon some stuff he shouldn't have stumbled upon. And now the guys, guys are after him. Two assassins, played oh by God. a horribly miscast Nicholas Holt. And then Aiden Gillen. And if you've watched Game of Thrones, you know Aiden Gillen. Oh, he's I don't know finger. him. Oh, he's a piece of shit on that show. Is he? So, yeah, he's perfectly cast okay. here as an assassin. But Nicholas perfectly. Holt, he just made me think of, what was that zombie movie that he was in? Oh, uh, He was a zombie in Warm this. Bodies. Okay, yes. And Warm I actually liked that movie. That no, was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. That had some thought to it. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah, but they're after him because the guy, dad knows things. And we don't really know what he knows. We don't really know who it's threatening where we hear, you know, governors and people in high places. Tyler Perry shows up in a blink and you'll miss it cameo <laughs> to implore these guys that, you know, this is bad and you need to find the kid and clean up your loose ends. And it, it's just... Wait, can you do that voice again? No, no it kind of hurt my throat. <laughs> um, it, it's just completely hackneyed, ridiculous, lazy. It's so lazy. And that's, I think, what upsets me about films like this. Films like this and the few we've talked about in the past weeks, I start thinking about money spent and how that could have been used to feed the homeless. I know, don't you, though? Bill, you know, I'm like, really? You are pissing this away and you're pissing me off yeah. with these millions that you're wasting on this uninspired garbage. It was based on a book by Michael Coriata, and I don't know if it resembles the book at all. It but resembles I, Cliffhanger! But I can tell you that I won't be seeking it out after watching this movie. The other thing that bothered me is the fact that Angelina Jolie 
mugged for the camera every single moment that she possibly could. Lighting was perfect. Her smudges on her face of dirt were perfectly placed. And wait, <laughs> she must have the best mascara ever because that lasted through hell and high water well, don't on they this. Have some of that stuff? Not like that. I've There's seen no commercials way. where the girls are putting it on. Oh, you you buy into the marketing? For, I don't know. I don't use mascara. Look at these. I'm gonna have to redo it, and I use the highest okay, stuff well, I can. All right, all right. <laughs> say so yeah and, and then okay now, this is good when you and i review movies because you notice things that i don't oh, notice, you would not notice and i don't notice i notice things you don't notice. here's something that i bet you did notice what? and you noticed it for a different reason than i noticed mm -hmm. it um angelina jolie is in the tower her character's name yes. by the way is hannah hannah yeah. is in the in the tower she's she got struck by lightning and no no oh, dude, yeah, yeah. dude i'm okay uh, i'm good it's all good it missed me yeah and so she looks and she feels her shoulder and and oh yep there's a couple boo-boos back there and so she slowly takes off her her, her, right. her blouse her shirt and tells the kid to turn away yeah yeah and she's got the prettiest lacy white bra i've ever seen was that necessary to do all of that? We got a back view and a front view. And now she is somebody who had the carrier gene for breast right. cancer and had right. a double mastectomy. Exactly. And, I mean, she's she's physically beautiful and unattainable for 99.999% of us females right. out there. So she is perfect in many people's eyes. But what did that do for the story? Okay, now that showed... That showed that there is still a feminine side there uh, beneath <gasps> that me. hardened masculine <clears throat> persona she has to put forward to be one of the oh, guys. Oh, okay, God, thank you for mansplaining them for yeah, me. Yeah, no I problem. Really That's why I'm that. here. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time, <laughs> time to move on. Yeah, neither one of us recommend that one. Don't go see it in theaters no. or anywhere else it might be playing. Um, what else you want to talk let's about? Let's fight about one. Let's fight about one. The woman I can't the believe you recommended this movie. Okay. Why? Well, tell me why you liked it. Tell us about it. Okay, well, it's based on, What's it, what on the are we book about? by A.J. Finn. It's called The Woman in the Window, star, starring Amy Adams and a whole slew of other stellar actors. Um, this is about a woman who has agoraphobia, doesn't dare leave her house. She is, goes through panic attacks. I started reading the book, and I got bored with the book. Um, the movie, in my mind... I got bored with the movie. Did you? Okay. <laughs> ...was much better than the book because I didn't make it through the book. Amy Adam plays Anna Fox, um, and she's coincidentally a psychotherapist. And child psychotherapist. Child psychotherapist, and she does not dare leave her house. She's working on it with another uh, therapist, played by Tracy Lutz. Tracy Lutz, by the way, um, co-wrote the screenplay, or maybe he wrote that it's partially his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Partially his fault. Um, and, but it, the movie, we're not quite sure what she sees out her window, but it's kind of a rear window feel of, you, you know, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, it's 100% that. Yeah, even, yeah. And did she, you notice the rear window clip at the beginning of the movie? No, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. I missed that, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so she's watching everything um, go down in her, her New York City neighborhood and keeping an eye on everybody, knows everything about everyone, um, until one day she sees this new family move in and something's off to her. It's just not right. And she witnesses what she thinks is a possible murder. She can't leave her house to go and protect anyone. And then, and then we're starting to question her medications, what's real, what's not, and how, they're, how these medications are affecting her. Um, I loved the movie. I really enjoyed the movie up until the last act. So what would they be? the last third of the movie, the last quarter of the movie. I wasn't timing it, so I'm not sure. Um, and it took this left turn that was 
inappropriate, unbelievable, and ridiculous. It had me psychologically up until that point. If you, you're going to watch this, I don't want to give anything away and spoil anything, but it became a typical horror movie of the bad guys chasing after the, the woman and somebody's going to die, but there's going to be a lot of crazy blood spurting shit going on. Um, it lost me at that point. So you can't explain it to me? What do you mean? The ending. No, I can't. I okay. didn't like the ending. No, I yeah. didn't. You know, I, I don't mind being manipulated Yeah. if you end up playing fair with me. Yeah. And they don't play fair with you at the end. No, at the end they and, don't. And that's what pissed me off about this movie. It was like, wait a second. You know, okay, jerk me around, that's fine. But yeah. there's got to be an end game where I, where I can say, oh, wow, that was clever. Yeah. That was clever. Wow, well, that was cool. I, you fooled me. The first reveal, that did fool me. A little. It, okay, it, wasn't, I, I, it wasn't enough for me to give up on it. I was like, okay, I'll stick with this. And it's after that first reveal that it just goes down an alleyway and then down into the dungeon. It's cheap. It's almost it as if... It is cheap. That's it, a perfect way to it, put it's it. It's almost like, oh, God, we painted ourselves in a corner. What do we do? What do we do? We don't want to go with the obvious ones because there's two obvious. I mean, right. Gary Oldman as uh, the guy who moves in next door is that is most Gary Oldman-ish. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking it's him. Right. Uh, and then um, she has a tenant played by uh, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt, yeah. <laughs> who's a real... Uh, you know who's dad and mama. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, you and got Kurt, a, Kurt Russell, I always had a crush on you, too. And then I met Wyatt Russell at Sundance. You've got to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, is he in it? Uh huh. Oh. A huge role. Okay. Huge role. Okay. Uh, he's sketchy, so you're thinking, well, it might be him. Right. But of course, you can't go for the two obvious ones. And then they go with the most out of left field thing. And it's like, oh, screw you. Again, you wasted my time. Yeah. And you know what? If they would have just stopped at the end of that first reveal, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, I would have said, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it now. And then let's, no let's fast forward five years from now and see where see she's what at. happens. Yeah. yeah. But that, that filler of that one-third or 25% was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. And I'm going to reread, or not just reread, I'm going to open up the book again and go to the last couple chapters of, say, the, yeah, of yeah, the book and see. And, and see if they followed the book or did they Hollywoodize this? And if Tracy Letts did that, who did Killer Joe, a favorite movie, he, I saw him in the, at the Steppenwolf um, for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I mean, he is an incredible well, actor and talent. You know, this movie's been sitting around for two years. If the audience didn't like it, they went back and did reshoots. So I'm wondering if the reshoots were the ending. I'm assuming they were. Oh, we'll have to find uh, out. I mean, this movie's been kicking around for a while, and yeah. I can't understand why Netflix spent whatever they spent on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like they're short of any kind of content. Right. Uh, so the whole thing is a, a mystery to me. But hmm. uh, I do know that I would not recommend this. Okay. I was on the fence on that one, I think. Yeah, you so, were. Yeah. No, you said recommend oh, on I did? the site. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're going to change that to okay, on the fence because I think I... I don't know why I did yeah, that. You, you probably thought more about it afterwards. No, no. I, I mean, I, I liked it up until that point, but you can't. And I love the words that you use. You cheap, cheaped out on it, and that's what they did, and mm -hmm. that took me out of it completely. Mm -hmm. So we'll be changing that to on the fence. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's get rid of one more bad one. Okay. Before we move on to something we really want to talk about. Spiral? Yeah, that piece okay. of shit. Excuse me, that piece of shit. You know what? Okay. To my virgin ears. Yeah. Oh, you know, so these excited. two, you know, the other two movies we talked about, they irritate me because they wasted my time. Right. Spiral and movies like Spiral anger me. Tell me why. <clears throat> because there's no reason for them to exist. Because they're mean-spirited. Simply to be 
mean-spirited. What was that term that you shared with me last night? Because we both Torture watched... porn. That's disgusting. Yeah, you had not That's heard disgu- of that term. Never. That yeah, is yeah. disgusting. Yeah, back when the Saw films first started, and then there was a, there was a movie called Hostile okay. uh, with Eli Roth, the term torture porn became uh, prevalent in these movies because that's all these films were. Uh, you know, it wasn't you know, a horror film based on you know, psychological horror or scares, and it wasn't just gore. It was excessive gore and prolonged pain, mm-hmm. prolonged violence, uh, which gave rise to that term. Uh, and it's a shame because the first Saw film is actually quite clever. Okay. It really does have something to it. It's a movie that leads you down a path, tricks you, and when you're at the end, I'm like, wow. Oh, really? That was pretty cool how you okay. pulled that off. Okay. The rest, though, just, you know. You mean Saw 2, 3, 4, 5, so, 6? Yeah, 3D, 3D jigsaw, jigsaw and yes. a spiral? Yeah. You know, and that's what's, the other what's thing. What's next? Reciprocating actually, or table? Actually, no, I read that, jaw, uh, that uh, Saw 10 is coming. And what will they call that? Who, Saw 10. Saw 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that bothers me, too, that there is an audience for this out there. See, that's when you, when you say torture porn, then that makes me think people truly get off on, on this. They keep making which, them. Which makes me scared mm-hmm. for how humanity is devolving. Well, I mean, it's not devolving. It's always been there. It's just that you know, then they people but, come but out this, of their come out of their holes to see this. This makes it okay. It, you're right. There is some justification yeah. to it, and that's the other thing that that angers me about these films. There is no cliche unco- un, untouched on this one. Chris Rock is a lone cop, and he's angry, and he don't need a partner, man. Don't make me look after the rookie. You know, when he was saying that crap, I wanted to throw something at the TV. I'm like, are you kidding me? You could at least wink at the camera and do it sarcastically. Let me know that you know this has been said a hundred times right. before, Chris. Please. Right. Don't try and play this as though it's straight. You know what? If they would have done that and, like, broken the fourth wall and talked to the audience... Yeah, can you believe I'm been, saying this? It would have been really funny. It, they might have had something. Right. Yeah. But it's just the same. You know, there's these brutal murders going on, these Rube Goldberg contraptions in which the people have to make a choice of whether to harm themselves to get away or be killed in a gruesome way. You know, and this has been done in all of the Saw movies. Okay, I, I only saw two of the torture parts because I had had enough. I turned it off as I texted you. I'm like, good night. And again, <laughs> I was surprised you lasted that long. Yeah, I, I wanted to give... I, I really do try and give all of these movies an honest effort to see them, even if they're not in the genre that I love. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big horror film person, unless it's a psychological horror, which I love, um, and some intelligence behind it. Mm-hmm. This was just disgusting. And it was yeah. just, I was afraid I was going to have nightmares about it. And, and to some extent, I did have a couple little weird dreams when I, because I went straight to bed after mm-hmm. that, which is not a smart idea. No, no, no. And, you know, and I don't want to give this much more oxygen. Other than the fact that, you know, it's garbage, it's trash. Uh, I don't know, maybe I've gotten too old for these kinds of things. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I I, I just see no redeeming quality to this at all. It would make me nervous to think if you liked this movie. Good. It it really would, and and you would really have to convince me as to why this was any good. So, to me, as your friend, I'm thrilled that you like it. Okay, good, 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 good. So, okay, so those are all movies, multi-million dollar films, all wastes. Tell us about something that probably cost the change that you find in your couch <laughs> and impress the hell out of both of us. Well, um, I, actually, I want, I want to hear your rendition of this. This is, this is a movie called The Killing of Two Lovers through IFC Films and Neon. Mm-hmm. Um, takes place in Utah about a man named David 
who's losing his family, mm-hmm. his wife. Um, the opening scene, I said, you go ahead and tell me, and then I no, just no, keep no, going. No, no, um, no. The opening scene is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is just very realistic. We see this young man, very disheveled, just hovering over this couple in bed, snoozing happily, and he's got a gun. And he is trying his best effort to pick one of them to shoot. He's angry. He's scared. He's upset. He's got so much volatility coursing through his veins. He doesn't know what to do with it, but he he wants to kill somebody. And we find out later that this is his wife in bed with her lover. Um, Thankfully, one of the kids in the house flushes the toilet and snaps him back into his senses for a second. And he escapes to the window, goes down this desolate cold road in the middle of winter (laughs) and walks down to his dad's house where he's staying and then pretends like he just went for a run everything's all good dad don't worry about it um everything is not all good keep going i want i want to hear where you take it from you know it's just it's funny i read another review of this the other night or last night and they were saying you know we've seen this before we've seen this in kramer versus kramer Uh, and any other kind of you know, the nuts and bolts of it are the same. You've got this family disintegrating. But the way in which uh, the director approached this, his name is Robert McCoyne? McCoyne? McCoyne. McCoyne. Robert McCoyne. It's just brilliant. I mean, it's not black and white, but the color's just been drained oh, out of this thing. it feels black and white, though, it doesn't does. it? Yeah. I mean, it's dreary. It's winter time. We've got these long takes, and that's, I think, what I love most about it. You're talking about him running home. That's all one take, him running down yeah. this road. And we get these long takes when he's talking to his wife, trying to convince her that, you know, he wants to come back. These long takes of him talking to his daughter. The oldest child is a teenage girl, and she's mad. She's so mad. She doesn't understand. Uh, It's like we are, you know, this phrase is overused, fly in the wall. But this time, boy, it's just cinema verite at its best. It's we're eavesdropping, watching this family just fall apart. And this guy doing his level best to keep it together. It's just and heartbreaking. <laughs> we, we see this, though, through David's eyes. We're with David, yeah. and, and this creates that compassion and camaraderie between the two of us. Davis is played by Clayne Crawford, mm-hmm. who you know from... Lethal Weapon, the Lethal, Lethal Weapon okay. TV show. He was on for two years. Uh, now he's doing this. and uh, Extraordinary actor. Yeah, I mean, if you'd seen him on Lethal Weapon, you would not have known that he was capable really? of this. Okay. Um, one of my favorite, you're talking about the, the camera work and bringing us in and being a fly in the wall. Um, he has a, an old pickup truck and he's got four kids, one of them being a teenager. And it's winter with all their bulky garb that they have. They all pile into the, the vehicle, into the cab, and they're all squished together. This is also framed in a different ratio, Well, too. that's the old traditional ratio which we used to start in. Uh, 1.33 by 1, which is when the movie started, that was it. Yeah, it's very claustrophobic. Yes, yeah. He's trapped in this situation. They're trapped in this town. And they're trapped in the cab of this vehicle. But it's not a trap. But it's the most beautiful thing I think yeah. I've seen in film in a long time. To see the twinkle in, in David's eyes as he's having a mundane conversation. What did you truly, do today? How yeah, was school? How was school? How uh. was math? What did you do? These children who, I look them up at IMDb, I think they're all siblings. 
That makes there, sense. Yep, all okay. f- um, ex- with the exception of Jess. The girl. The girl, mm-hmm. yep. I think all the boys, there might be a set of twins there that they they swapped in and out because of, of rules and regulations Right, with the with hours children. and things. Um, but yeah, they're all siblings, which is why it felt so fun s- and real. They stepped on each other's words. Right, they're just talking. Yeah, they're really discussing, oh, you yeah. suck at math. You don't suck at math. It's, yeah, it's I just, hate this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I always make a list of my top 10 scenes of the year, and that one will be there. Because, right? like you say, it's so real. You know, movies are an illusion. And, you know, the big trick is to make us believe this illusion that we see, no matter what it might be. And I believed every single second of this movie. This was a slice of life. Oh, it was. And I know we're making it sound depressing. It's not depressing. It's invigorating. It's shocking. Oh, God, there's two shocking scenes. But it's invigorating for me, from a film point of view, to see someone just scale everything back. We're back to the basics. Right. And look what I can do. Right. Look how I can make you laugh. Look how I can move you. Look how I can suck you into this story that yeah. you think you know, but, but you, you don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you find this film, The Killing of Two Lovers, through IFC Midnight. I, and, I think it's just, no, just, just IFC. IFC. I mean, the, it'll be on streaming services, streaming, I'm sure, yeah. uh, video on demand. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I know Mr. Crawford was available for interviews. I don't know if he still is, but we need to look into that and see if we can talk to him. Uh, this was a. This gave me hope. Didn't it though? <laughs> after after the, uh, the the stuff we've watched this week, this one gave me hope and, and got me enthused again about about things. And and we are pretty darn sure the budget was like you said the change in the couch. Yeah. Yeah, and it was in better Kenosh, for it. Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think probably the other five characters in the movie were probably just townspeople. People who were wandering yeah. around. Hey, you want to be yeah. in the movie? Sure, I'll yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was better for it. Yep. So see this movie. The other movie that I hope you enjoyed as much as I did is called Profile. It sucked me in. Good, good. Well, here's the weird thing. I'm sitting on my couch. I've got a huge computer screen because, as you call me Magoo, I need something very large in order to see everything. And um, I lost, because I updated my, my, I don't know what it's called, something on my computer had to be updated. Okay. So that got updated, which made me not able to mirror things onto my big screen TV. So you had to watch it on a computer? I had to watch it on a computer. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that. that. I watched it on a computer as well. Did you really? And the reason we're saying this is that this film, like a great underrated horror film from two years ago called Unfriended. Yeah. All, all we see is this character's computer screen, the entire film. Uh, so, yeah, it's, this is one you don't have to necessarily see on a big screen. Although it will help if you are visually impaired like me. And yeah, you, sure, you sure. want to see every single text and message that comes through. And, you're I, right. and I didn't see everything. I missed a few things. Because you're right. There's a lot going on. Yeah. She's got windows open here and this pops it up there. It looks just like my computer screen. Exactly. Just like it. And that's one of the neat things about Profile is that, you know, another... Difficult thing with movies is you want us to. One of the challenges is to get us in the footsteps of that character, and this does that completely. Right. We're we're looking at the screen just as she is, and every little revelation we get, it's, it's as she's getting it as well. Right, right. This is this is a frantic piece of art. <laughs> and it was you said it was based on a true story. It is. This, this, it is. Uh, as reporter. I was, yep. I watched a um, clip. And an interview with the real journalist. Really? Who's a French journalist. She okay? Her, uh, she's alive. Okay, So good. that's good. Um, Anna Arell, I think her name is. She wrote a book uh, upon which this movie is based. So um, the premise of the film is this journalist 
um, pitches a story to her editor because she is lacking funds. She can't pay her yes, rent. Yeah. Um, the character's name is Amy, and it's played by Valene Kane. And Amy pitches this concept that, you know, there are these young girls being duped into becoming war brides, basically, in Syria for ISIS, ISIS leaders. Yeah. They're being recruited. Um, and she wanted to bring this, this story to light. And so she says, I'll go undercover and I'll become a different person. And they target new, um, new converts to Muslimism. Right. And um, so she creates a new persona for herself on, on Facebook, and she's now Melody Nelson. And she immediately likes and shares this horrific torture video that Bilal, played by Shazad uh, Latif, um, and immediately there's a connection between the two. And she thinks, bingo, I've got him. She knows his recipe for recruitment. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what happens is she truly gets sucked into yep. this very charismatic, <laughs> murderous um, marauder, you know, which is crazy to me. I mean, it really brings to light how these young girls get pulled into being a part of a culture that they end up being tortured in or even killed. One problem I had with the film was I didn't see the one moment where I could tell that she was being converted. I missed that. It seemed to happen a bit too sudden to me. Oh, okay. Okay. I felt like it was a very gradual thing. I started to question like, okay, he's he's kind of a, a handsome man and he's got a charm sure. about oh, no him. Doubt. No that, doubt. that you shouldn't be able to say those characteristics and attributes about somebody who brags about killing 20 people that day. But it's the way he breaks. It is. And the whole justification he gives. Well, not even that. There's there's something else to his personality Mm -hmm. that just sucks you in and they uh, they they allude that to that with you know oh you pulled in three today that good job right right um, right, right yeah you know, you're quite the that, casanova right that, and that's his main thing and we don't know that until a little bit, little bit later right um the thing that gripped me though was just how frightening frightening the film becomes oh it is uh the fact that you know she thinks she's pretty well safe uh she's doing all this from london he's you know in the in Middle Syria. East, and yeah. he, she's feeling pretty, you know, confident of this. And once we find out how he's able to figure out where she is, that that <gasps> genuinely scared me. Yeah, it's like holy shit. And, and knowing that it's based on a true story, right? When you more. go into this, this makes it even scarier. As I was saying, I was watching it on my computer, and the first, um, I don't know, maybe minute and a half to two minutes, you know, I'm sitting back in my couch watching everything, and then all of a sudden, Jesus. The link went bad. I got Facebook popping up. What the heck is going? Uh, no, that's it's the movie. the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, talk about pulling you uh-huh. in. I was there. Well, and also, I I thought everything was happening in real time. No, it's, it's like only a diary. after a few minutes that you realize someone is looking at um, separate files right. that have been done over the course of a month. Yeah. And that it's not her, you know, that, that, that something else is going on. So it's very, it's very subversive that way. It's very clever that way and yeah. sucking us into that. And, and talk about a difficult role as a director. Um, Timur, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Beckman Beditov, <laughs> sure. Um, he's got to direct these actors, recording them on a computer screen, that is then superimposed onto a computer screen and in various windows. Yeah. That's a very difficult task. Well, you know, you know, traditional directors would storyboard things. 
I'm sure he has to do something, yeah. you know, similar to that, but but with different elements. But you're right. There's an awful lot going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and in and, today's world, especially, you know, during COVID, how many windows do you have open on your computer? I'm oh, always geez, getting I've... yelled at for having too many windows open, and that's why my computer's so slow. Mm-hmm. Another interesting little tidbit is um, the two main actors, um, Valine and Shazad, uh, went through some of the real footage that um, the really? real, whatever her name is, she's going by Anna Arell, um, that she actually videotaped on her computer hmm. so that they were able to see the real Bilal and the real journalist. So they're making, journalist. you know, and so they, they trying saw, to blur those lines. Yes, then. and those lines are truly blurred. Yeah, frightening film. Yeah, it really but, was. But, but really engaging, really sucked me in, profile. Three on the two main ones this week, That's which right. is cool. Right, yeah, the big budget, the Hollywood stuff, no. But Profile, and especially uh, Killing of Two Lovers, seek those out. That's right. And in some more positive news, we got positive news about the Critics' Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, negative news about the Golden Globes. Apparently, they're not going to be taking place next year. But the nope. Critics' Choice Awards is stepping right up to the plate on January 9th. So hopefully, Chuck and I, I wanted to make my reservation. <laughs> and Chuck goes, you know, what did you say? Whoa, lady. I said, Punch, you know, Put pump, pump the, the brakes. brakes yeah. Pump the brakes, lady. <laughs> You know, we got eight months here. Anything can happen. I was ready to make uh, my reservation. Hey, I'm ready. To, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready too, but I want to do it the right way. And uh, But we also got some good news today as far as masks, at least, in, uh, you know, with the CDC and things. So we're getting there. We are. We're we getting are. there. So uh, slow but sure, and let's make sure we do it right. That's right. All right. So that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks because you're going away. I am. And we're going to have two big budget things to talk about that week. Uh, Cruella. And the long-delayed sequel, Quiet Place Part 2. Cool. So we'll hope to see you then.